You know, somebody, I think it was one of the precious Doherty girls, I think the one that got married, the rest of them didn't, I guess, but she came up to me earlier and said, you look just like your dad. My dad was 90-something when he died. I, I must look terrible. Look, an old man. My soul. Are we got, are we're on a time schedule or something, huh? What, I got three minutes? I got to be done at three? I want you to look in your book, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. You know, my dad, we, he would always have revivals, and, and the old preachers uh, would come and preach, and they, they all took naps in the afternoon. I thought they were nuts. But this is right in the middle of my nap that I have in the middle of the afternoon every day now. So if this doesn't come out too hot, you just... Verse 19, 2 Timothy 2, 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. I'm going to quit right now. I've got three amens on a half a verse. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. I want to talk to you, and I'm not going to preach, I don't think, just talk to you. And why God uses certain people and not others. Now, I, I got a, I don't know, at my house, I, you know, I got blue jeans, one pair of blue jeans, that look like what people wear at the airport now. They got holes in them. Holes in the knee, I love them. They're my favorite. I don't, my wife sometimes hides them, but I always find them. I have t-shirts, favorite t-shirts that I love. I've been wearing them for decades, really. They got holes in them. Every once in a while I find one in an odd place and it smells like furniture polish. I think she's turned it into a rag. Or... And that's why I, I use them, because I love them. You know, there are some people God can use, and there are some people God can't. There are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. And I want to just talk to you. In verse 19, there are... This is such an important fact. The, the vessel must belong to God. The Bible says there that the Lord knoweth them that are his. You and I may not be aware, 
They may look right, they may act right, they may talk right. But God knows those that are his. Our book says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 5 that we are to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. It's not my job to examine you, it's God's job. And your job to ask him to. There are people in this room, you are afraid to ask God if you're really saved. Because you wouldn't like the answer. You'd rather stay the way you are so you can live the way you want to live. Instead of the way he wants you to live. 200 years ago, there was a preacher in our country. His dying words, the last words that fell from his lips. I preached about a man for 40 years. I never knew. What a tragedy. What a horrible thing to come to a place where God wants to bless and use and find music and an environment that's positive for the things of God. And at the end of your days, die and go to hell. Verse 21, the, vessel, the Bible is very plain. The vessel must be clean. That he might sanctify. Ephesians 5 and 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. You know, sometimes in a meeting like this, we normally do our devotions and we don't have time to do it. You would be far better and farther down the road if you would bathe in the word every day than just take a quick shower. Snake Bible reading in the morning or evening whenever you do it is not something that's put off. My father and Johnny's father read the Bible over 200 times in his life. He was committed to it. He was dedicated to it. He was dedicated to his prayer life. I'm not going to talk about that. When my dad got old, he, he was blind. They made, they made a Bible at the print shop, had words of about an inch tall of and just he'd take a page and he got to where he couldn't. And so he started listening uh, to, this is what he called the man, scurvy. He told me, he said, son, I'm listen I listen to scurvy every day. I said, dad, his name is Scorby. He said, yeah, I know, scurvy. I think my dad knew, knew him, you know, he was old. And it was so loud, he had it on so loud that when you got out of the car in his driveway, you could hear it. At least the neighbors got some Bible reading in their house. The vessel must be clean. You see, he said there in verse number 19 or wherever it is, I got it written down here somewhere. Purge from these. Purge himself from these. 
Now, what is that talking to? I think that's talking about the last little phrase in verse number 19. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity. Iniquity, uh, its definition is injustices, unrighteousness, false dealings, crookedness. Those are iniquities. I uh, one time went out to breakfast with, I don't know, eight or nine preachers. One was a missionary. I was raised a certain way. I beat everyone to the door, held the door for all the preachers to go through. The missionary stopped in front of me and he said, uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a letter. He's getting ready to go to the mission field first time. He said, I, uh, I'm getting ready to write a letter and I need $4,000 for passage to the place that we're going to go. It's 30 years ago plus. And I said, well, praise God, maybe you get it. So he sat down at the table in there and he mentioned it to the preachers. And in that little breakfast meeting of six, seven, eight pastors, well, I'll give a thousand, I'll give this, and ended up he had all the money and a little bit more. He had about 5,000 to go to the His passage was taken care of. I beat everybody to the door. I opened it. He was the last one that went through. And I said to him, I said, well, I guess you're not going to write that letter. He said, oh, I'm going to write it. I can need all the, I need all the money I can get. He was a crook. That's crooked. That's wicked. You know how long he lasted on the mission field? Not one year. The vessel, the vessel, the vessel must be clean. You're not going to, listen, you're not going to sit around in the hotel and watch foolishness on television and expect to be clean. It's impossible. I got a, my oldest boy, he's, my goodness, I hate to even say this. He's 50 years old. When you got a 50-year-old boy, you are old. He got out of college, wasn't married, and so he came home. We thought we were rid of him, but he came home. And uh, we went somewhere. I was preaching somewhere, and my wife went with me. We come home, and my wife said to him, said, uh, Jordan, where are the dishes that you ate off while we were gone. He said, well, I got them out of the dishwasher. She said, Jordan, they weren't clean. Now, I will say this about my wife. She may be the only person in the world. She washes the dishes in the sink like Mama used to do. And then she puts them in the dishwasher. I've asked her. I don't ask her anymore because I don't. The answers are so ambivalent why she does it. Dumb answers that make no sense. And apparently the dirty dishes in the dishwater, dishwasher, look fine to that boy. You know, some people look okay, but there is someone that looks deeper into the depths of our hearts. 
is the one with whom we have to deal. There's a lot of difference between an inward cleansing and it'll show up down the road of life. I think another thing, oh, I want to say this. People don't change over time. Time just reveals what they really were, and it shows up. The vessel must be yielded to him. All of us have heard the story about a man by the name of Varley that made the statement. Moody was in the audience. The man said the world has yet to see what God can do with a totally yielded man. And Moody determined to be that man. I think a lot of saved, born-again people could be. You have the potential. You have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. You could be yielded. But there's just this little area. There's just this thing over here. I'm not giving that up. I don't care what the preacher says. There are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. You know, in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, There in Daniel chapter 3, there's an interesting couple, three words. When they were thrown into the fiery furnace, it says, they yielded their bodies. They yielded their bodies to the flames. But the fire didn't even touch them. They didn't even smell like smoke. All it did was burn the fetters a rope off of them and they were free. And some guy looked in there and he said, my goodness, I thought we threw three guys in there. It looks like four and one of them looks like the son of God. If you would yield your bodies, you would see and know more of the presence and help of God in your life. Then verse 21 has the word sanctified in it. His vessels are set apart to his service. Some sadly get set aside over time. I used to be a police uh, chaplain in Lansing, Michigan. I was chaplain for about five years. And uh, I got called several, I don't know, several calls. And I, w- I was too young to do it. But I have another brother. I, I have a, there were five of us boys. But I had another brother named Danny. He was a pastor up in Nova Scotia, Canada. Been there for 40 years, I guess, John. And he got pulled over for speeding by a cop and was dumb enough to tell the cop that he was a preacher. If I ever get pulled over speeding, I'm going to tell him my dad is a carpenter or a drunk or something else. i tell the preacher. And he said, my brother's a preacher even, talking about me. And 
So the guy called me up. He eventually was the captain of the police department, Captain Fox. And he said, we need another chaplain. One guy quit. Would you do it? And so I became the chaplain. One day I got called to the hospital. And when I walked into the emergency, there was a six or eight cops standing around. I said, well, what, what's the deal? What happened? I said, there's a man in that room right there. Horror of horrors. He backed out of his driveway over his four-year-old son. And I walked into that. Here I go, 28, 30-year-old kid, 32 maybe. And I walked in there. And there was a woman there. She had on a, a pink sweatshirt and pink sweatpants. I mean, she looked like a giant, or I should say a miniature pink elephant. She was a huge woman. She had blood all over the front. And I walked in there and I said, uh, I'm Chaplain Green. She said, God! I got out of there. I went out and talked to the cops. Said, she doesn't want to talk to me, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to make one more stab at it. And I walked in there and I, I said, the man was sitting there in the chair. She had his arm around her, around me. And I said, I'm Reverend Green. She looked at me and she pointed at her. She stepped away from her husband. She pointed at him and said, he used to be. He used to be. I said, what? He used to be a preacher. But he left the faith. And I had prayer with those people, put my arms around them. Got her blood on my, little boy's blood on my clothes. I went out and stately doctor came in, he's the finest neurosurgeon in our town. And I came back in and I said, listen, I got the best doctor in town, I'm gonna work on your boy. Kind of made him feel a little bit better. A few minutes later, the doctor just came and stood in the door. Never said a word, didn't have to, we knew. And I remember walking in that room with that family, that little boy about that long. His name was Jeremiah. And all he could say, he says, oh, Maya, 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 Maya. Some get set aside. Some are set apart for other things. Everybody doesn't have to be an evangelist. Everybody doesn't have to be a pastor. Nobody wants me for a pastor. I'd be horrible. Yeah, tell it. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be a pastor either. I know what it's like. I lived in a pastor's home for a long, long time. Some are set apart to him and for him and unto him. Remember the little lad that gave his lunch five loaves and two fishes? The poor kid was going to starve to death. No way. God gave him 
God fed 5,000 people. He had probably enough to take some home to mama. God can give us so much more if we but give ourselves to him unconditionally. We yield so often with qualifications. You know, I'll do this, God, if you'll do that. I don't know if you believe this or not, but our brilliance is sterile without commitment. Our talent is futile without dedication. Our abilities are useless without sanctification. Our gifts are a waste without godliness. I, I couldn't go down the litany of preachers in my lifetime they were gifted, but far from godly. The things they talked about in private, the jokes they told. How in the world can you say something that you know that grieves the Holy Ghost and then to be expect to be used of the Holy Ghost? It's impossible. The vessel has no complaints or conditions to service. There's a little phrase there in verse 21. Every work prepared unto every good work. Whether it's a prominent task or menial. Now, I've got coffee cups at home. One time, one time, one time, we had a yard sale. What a dumb thing to do. You've got all these people coming into your house in the garage, looking at the, out the driveway, looking at the junk that you're trying to get rid of. I didn't put anything valuable. I didn't put my guns out there. Are you crazy? We had a yard sale. It was, we had, you know, I go preach for people and they, you know, let's say, what's coming up next? Easter. So they gave everybody in the church coffee cups for Christmas. Well, they ordered 550 because they got a good deal, but they've got 499 left over. So I've got coffee cups, so-and-so church. Happy Christmas. It was crazy. And I bring them home or leave them in the hotel, whatever I feel like doing, but uh, you just got piles of them. So when people came to our yard sale, if they bought anything, they had to take a coffee cup with them. I got rid of a few that way. But I got some I love. Johnny knows where this place is, the Pine Pantry. Matter of fact, where's that Kendrick boy? He used to be in Michigan. There he is right there. He's a fine lad, I'll tell you that. Not really. <laughs> Remember when I took your whole family out to pizza when you came up there? Well, right kitty corner from there is where the Pine Pantry is. Well, the Pine Pantry, they gave away cups, coffee cups. I've had that coffee cup for probably 35 years. That's my favorite coffee cup. 
When I'm home, I drink out of the pine pantry coffee cup. It's, it's my favorite. We got lots of other coffee cups. They don't mean anything to me. The pine pantry coffee cup has served me well and faithfully for 35 years. God wants some individuals that he can trust, that he can entrust the ministry to. I got old, we got an old coffee cup. One of them collects coins. We put our coins in there. We got one of those great big things, about that big around, about that tall, from an old drinking fountain, and we put coins in there. I looked at it last week. I didn't know I was going to preach a sermon, but I looked at it last week. We've been putting coins in there for a decade or more. It's only about that deep. I think my wife's been stealing stuff out of there. Don't you? One of the, one of the cups, it became, you know, just put coins in. You know, we used to have a dog. We don't have any dogs anymore, thank God. But one of those dogs, it became the one that we scooped the dog food out and put it in the dish. You know, where those, you know where that one came from? When we got married 53 years ago, that was the Melmac. Anybody here remember Melmac? I was going to say old people, but not, you're a very young lady down there. Thank you. Thank you. We're friends now, okay? I don't know who she is, but I made a friend, thank God. We, we got Melmac. I, you know, it was okay. It worked. I want to say this. That Melmac, a lot of it's gone. Some of it became a dog scoop. Some of it became a coin depository. God can change your usage if he so desires at any time and expect no complaints whatsoever. His grace that we got saved. It's mercy that he spares our life. It's a peace that passeth all understanding that comes into our hearts by his grace. And I believe this with all my heart. I, I, I'm a preacher. I enjoy preaching. I've been doing it a long, long time. Been an evangelist since 1976. Preached my first sermon October of 1970. My grandfather, Grandpa Knowlton, you know what? He, he heard me preach my first sermon. You know what he said to me? <laughs> this is a private conversation. <laughs> he said, Tim, that's the greatest sermon I ever heard. Grandpa Knowlton, I don't need anybody to tell me it's a good sermon. My grandfather told me it was good. <laughs> I love my grandparents, both sides. I love those people. They were great people. We are here to glorify God in whatever venue prescribed to our vessel. We're just, we're just vessels. And God has entrusted to us his word. I used to a long time ago, and I got about two stories, and I'm done. 
I'll be number 330, I think. Is that okay, preacher? 30 minutes? Is that been a little, you know, Sunday school lesson kind of thing? My wife and I would go away. They used to find them in airports. I don't see them anymore, but a lot of it. She collected thimbles. She has hundreds, literally hundreds of thimbles. I quit doing it because I had to buy those old printer's drawers, you know, they're about that long, they're wood and about like that, and they have these little places. You, and she, they're full, they're, they're all over the house. I mean, if we ever had a tornado or something, we'd get killed by thimbles. <laughs> and, and then you sit up, then you sit in these printer's drawers, you just look at them and, but you know, I, I got here preacher, Sunday, and I took my socks off Sunday night before I went to bed, and my left sock, there was a hole in it. And I'm trying to figure out what to do. So I tied it in a couple of three knots so, my, so I could tell my she's going to ask me, what in the world did you tie that sock in knots for? Now, this is, a, this is not the word you think it is. But I'm going to hope that she'll darn my sock. When you darn a sock, young people, you know, you thread this way and you thread that way, and, you, and I can keep on wearing this sock because it's one of my favorite socks. But she's, she's not, she's not going to go and get one of those ornamental thimbles to darn my sock with. She's going to get the one in the sewing basket that you use. I don't want to be a thimble on the wall. I want to be the one that God can use to darn some socks. He knows. He knows the ones. He knows who they are. My wife used to collect something else. I'm glad I got her out. I got her. To, she used to collect Beanie Babies. We've got these. You don't even know what a Beanie Baby is. You're a young preacher. You don't look like one, but you're old. Beanie Baby. We've got hundreds of them in bins with the top. You can't even see them. I saw one time, I was looking on my phone, they were selling them for a I said, honey, we need to start selling these things. We can retire. She already has. <laughs> but I used to also get her these little houses. You could buy them all over the world. And I used to travel a lot all over the world. I don't do it anymore. I've been in, I think, 48 or... 46 countries of the world, maybe 50, I don't know. You just, you know, they all kind of blend together. You know, Africa looks like England after a while. <laughs> no big deal. But I used to bring these Lilliput Lane houses. And they sit in our house in a curio cabinet and gather dust. I don't want to be a curio cabinet Christian. Now, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about the shelf. 
And I don't want to be put on the shelf. But I might be someday, I don't know. But I rejoice in this fact. It's his shelf. If he wants to put me there, it's his business. I belong. I belong to him. For 53 years last week. 